This is Lagos. It's the largest city in sub-Saharan Africa. One of the largest cities in the world. An economy all unto itself. It's the city in which I was born, I live, I work, and I pay my taxes. It's also a city I absolutely love. On the 11th of March, 2023, voters in Lagos, including myself, will be coming out to select the next governor of Lagos. The person who will lead this state from 2023 to 2027. That person will be leading from here, the Secretariat in Alausa. In this special series, we are calling Ekolong Baby. We are interviewing, or we're supposed to be interviewing, the four leading candidates. We have Olajide Adeniron, the candidate of the People's Democratic Party, Badebo Rhodes-Vivo, the candidate of the Labour Party, and Olufun Shaw Doherty, the candidate of the African Democratic Congress. Now, the governor of Lagos State, the incumbent governor, the candidate of the All Progressives Congress, Babatunde Songwolu, made a commitment to me to make this interview. I know he wanted to make it. Unfortunately, there were scheduling conflicts before we had to publish. Right. The very first question I want to ask, I was watching an interview that you did with Arise TV uh, a few weeks ago, a few, well, we can say weeks ago. Mm. And the first thing that occurred to me was, are you not afraid of the Jagaban? <laughs> 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 because the way you were, you were speaking with such uh, fullness and confidence, and you were lobbing the bullets and throwing them where they were, and I thought, everybody said you were supposed to be afraid of, and there are some things that you don't say. In Lagos State. Why? I, I think that um, one of the things they've done in, I mean, over two decades of mm. this dispensation right. to scare us away from joining the process. They're going to kill you. Mm. You don't have money. You don't have anything. So they have thugs and all of that. And you know what? Over 90% of what we fear wouldn't even happen. Mm. So for me and for everybody, tomorrow is not promised. Mm. So you just got to do what you have to do. Um, they should be scared of me as well. They don't have monopoly of this madness. So because we have left that um, corridor for them for a very long time, and, and they thought they believe they own it. No, 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 no. We, we've come to challenge the status quo, mm -hmm. and we are going to wrestle the power. Who is they? The status quo, the ruling party. Right. The APCG, hegemony that has held all of us in the jugula for over two decades. We know the, the common criticism is that, mm -hmm. but you people would say you were a member of the APC or you were a member of this community. So, mm -hmm. how suddenly are they now day when only a few minutes ago you were also there? Okay, so I need to I need to give you my background so that you understand where I was coming from. Yes, I was in the APC. Mm -hmm. I've never been elected. I've never been appointed. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was a consultant in that corridor, okay? You can liken my situation to a um, son of the house who went to his father's house to do a mini jobs that people don't know and was using that opportunity to collect data, understudy the situation and all of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've qualified to run for office as far back as 2010, I mean 2007, but I refused to, to join the process because I wasn't done 
I mean, uh, understanding the process in that place. And um, when I was done, I had to come out. And I know that for us to right the wrong in the state of Lagos, you have to grab executive power. Mm. Being an honorable member, and it wouldn't do it because since 1999, we've only had one governor. Mm. Every other person that comes thereafter, they're just tenants in that office, unfortunately. Mm. So, and it's about time we have an independent governor in the state of Lagos. So I was there understanding the situation. So when I was ready uh, to throw my heart into the ring, I knew that there is nothing I would do to get the ticket to run in that party. You know why? Mm. Because um, it's an unpardonable sin for you to have aspiration in that house. Mm. Especially when it comes to being governor of Lagos State. You dare not. The moment you come out to say, yes, you can, then the owner of the party marked you down and said, no, you cannot. So we'd rather go for somebody who never envisioned to govern, who has no plan to be in office, so that when the person gets there, it will be at his mercy, mm -hmm. continually, just like the way we have seen it. So for me, I don't want to also be that governor that will require a second level approval before you can get things done. Because the ones you have it can't do nothing on their own. I mean, somebody, these are good men, but being a good man is not enough. Mm. We need an independent governor. So it almost feels like you're going against Tinubu, not Sonwulu. What we're doing, uh, it couldn't have been Sonwulu, as a matter of fact. So if you say that, then you're right. We're fighting a 23-year failure of the current administration. It's not just about his four years, even though his own four years is the worst, because um, uh, imagine when you took over the office, uh, our poverty rate was 4.5%. Today, according to the latest NBS report, it's 8.5%. Why did you go into politics? Doing nothing changes nothing. Mm. Over the years, all of us, I mean, just like I, I was speaking to, we look at policies, why should you even go to politics? Is Debt mm. is nasty. But if you look at it, Judy, everything about you mm. Mm, mm. is based, is, is upon a thinking of a politician who is in office. Mm. You understand? Mm. Who can wake up today and decide to say, you know what? I'm shutting down this economy. And you'll be like, how do we survive? So if all of us then feel it should be a no-go area. One day we were going to extension because we would have given idiots, some idiots, you know, our economy to run, our government to run. That's why I said to someone, I'll beat him, all his godfather, woman abroad, back to back in this 2020 election. And I mean it. You've had a track record, so to speak, of battling establishments to get to even the place that you are in. Right from my school days. Right, right from your school days, yeah. right. You yeah. must have been troublesome in school days. Right from my school days. <laughs> I've always... Challenging the status quo. Yeah. I, I, I detest injustice. I, I mean, let it be fair. Mm. Let's go into it. And in my own environment, mm. it, it would be at the extreme of if it's positive, it has to be extreme. If it's the other way around, it has mm. to be extreme because I grew up from Wishing. I'm sure yes. you can understand now. Yes. And the thing is, how can one man mm. sit somewhere and decide the fate of the fate of almost everybody. And nobody's saying anything. Because they control all of the, many people come to tell me, no, Agbero is terrorizing us in Lagos. I say, no, 
That bill is not terrorizing us in Lagos. It is our government that is terrorizing us in Lagos because if they want that bill to stop today, it will stop. I don't know if you understand. Mm -hmm. It will stop. So it's their own policy to bring those guys out and say, you know what, make Lagos, you know, uh, uh, unrest so for so people. So you're saying that they've intimidated people? Of course. They've intimidated people from joining the, the process, process and they take over all the polling units, even if you win at the polling units. Mm -hmm. They change it at the coalition center. But with this election, with Beavers, with electronic transfer of results, Allah, you will see beating that TPC will take in this election. Mm. Go and write it down. You're extremely confident the, about this. Because I'm, I'm like a door now. Mm. I see both inside and outside. outside. And I can tell you, in health, mm. I'll speak about the problem and I'll tell you what I'm doing differently. I'll give you an education sector. Okay, that's. I'll speak about health sector Fantastic. and the problems that we have therein. And let me speak about the education sector. Fantastic. As we speak, we have over 2 million out of school children in Lagos. Yeah. When we come in, what I'll do first is to declare a state of emergency on that sector of the economy. What do I need to do? I need to take my children off the streets. How? And you know that in one day, I can probably build the entire school that will accommodate them. I know in one day, I mean, I can put even the necessary infrastructure and learning aids, you know, uh, that will accommodate them. But I want to take them off the streets. So what I'm doing is I'm going into partnership with all the private, we have 5,000 registered private schools in Lagos. Mm. Even though we have 18,000 in all, but 5,000 is registered. Okay, I am going to take all the students and spread them across all these private schools give them uniform, give them learning aids in return for tax in incentives or holiday for this because you say, you know what, just take them off the streets first while I then focus on infrastructural renewal mm. that will accommodate them, mm. bring more teachers, you know, and all of those things. The one already in public school, we have a policy that government will give them free school uniforms. Because I have experienced it before, growing up, I mean, I wear a torn uniform to class and my teacher would say, my friend, when you don't have the uniform, don't come back to you. So I'll go back home, my mom would say, okay, you know what, off. We are carry market, follow here, let me follow here. And they will count me out of school child. And you can come and say, where will you get money to do all of these mm. things? I will remind you of a company that is legally right but morally wrong in Lagos and taking over 9 billion naira from us every month. What company is that? All I need to do is to do what? Plow that money. But which know, company is this one? Where it's going to work for our people. <laughs> you know now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't do you understand? Yes. So the money is there. All you need to do is just make it work for people. Right. Take it off this person's pocket and right. put it where it's going to work. Right. And this old uniform thing that I've told you about, it's just cost 24 billion naira in the fiscal year. Tell you. Right. So how much is that? Now, if you, if you look at health, it, it's, I'll speak to two issues. Okay. When you get to our general hospitals today, mm -hmm. I mean, the little that we have, mm -hmm. just 15 of them, they tell you they have 20, just 15. Other ones are just secondary um, health facilities. When you get there, what do you see? You see people littering everywhere in the name of no hospital beds. They will transfer patients to hospitals and no beds. Okay, like I said, I will come up with a policy from day one. What do we need to do? I need to automate all health institutions in Lagos. 
First, automation in the sense that you don't transfer any patient from your hospital to general hospital, except, and of course, you know there's a space mm -hmm. for you. So there's a dashboard mm -hmm. where you pick that best space, just like a pick seat on the plane. Mm -hmm. Don't you understand? Mm -hmm. That is the very first thing we need to do. So rather than sending that person to general hospital and they will keep my citizen on the floor, nobody's attending to that person, can you keep that person in your facility and be administering whatever it is, pending where we have a space in that place? That is one. Now, in this general hospital, we can also have a makeshift, um, you know, wards, just like we had during COVID. Yeah. And put it there. Because, okay, no space, it will take a longer time to build, I don't know if you understand, mm -hmm. yeah, an edifice that will take a look. So can we quickly set up something that can come up under one week mm -hmm. and have it there? So that when you have influx, something can receive them. receive them. There shouldn't be holding areas at the emergency. Emergencies and emergency from streets straight to ward. All these sources of have you taken card? Have you got this? What's the we need to save life. Mm -hmm. Can you take that person in? The only reason why we are in government is to see to the welfare of the people. Mm -hmm. Not saying, oh, he hasn't paid for card, we will not treat him. In public hospital, or all of this situation now that we have some special beds, mm -hmm. I don't know if you understand, in, in public hospital, some special bed. So are we in this to make profit? Mm -hmm. Secondly, we always wait for disaster to happen. Should it, does it worry you that after the last emergency, what you call global pandemic that we have in COVID-19, mm -hmm. You know, we had only Yaba as our disease center. Mm. And during that time, we had the COVID one, donated one for us at Lekki, um, what do you call that place? Um, where is this? Uh, landmark. Mm -hmm. GT Bank gave us one at Tony Costida, yes. right? Yes. They converted the Rena Center in Bagada for another one. So this, what do you call them? Isolation centers, correct? Why? Do they have all of those things? Because we didn't have anything to accommodate our people during that emergency. We learned nothing from that. Now, they've dismantled all those things now because, of course, it's just for a while. I would not be able to build additional center in case of any emergency. So we'll wait until there's another emergency. No, now we should be futuristic. We don't wait until it happens. Why did you select Funke as your? Deputy candidate. What is wrong with Funke? Mm -hmm. Funke read law in the university. Put Funke side by side with the current deputy governor of Lagos State. Mm -hmm. There are no match. And I'll give you, I'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. Funke has been an employer of labor for going to 20 years. Mm -hmm. Contributed a lot into this economy. See the current governor of uh, deputy governor and the governor, both of them. They've ever, see, when they were handed that office, they have never employed three-man, you know, staff catering for before. Funke, at that cost to source for fund, turn it around in this economy. Funke, in a chosen career, she's been able to stand out. Aside the fact that Funke is super qualified to be in that office, you see, they have conditioned our mind to think it's a rocket science 
to be a deputy governor or to be a governor. Mm -hmm. That's the descendant of Fouquet like that. But I'm waiting for them. I waited for them. I've been able to defend that. I'm doing that again to say that it's better of anything they've brought forward in the name of deputy governor mm -hmm. in this state. That's number one. I want to win an election. Among the political class, I am very popular. At the grassroots, I am very popular. I need the value to my ticket. Mm. I saw that in Funke. How are you funding this campaign? One of the things that they've used is carrying us away mm -hmm. is that you don't have money, mm -hmm. they will kill you, mm -hmm. and all of those things. But in the last seven years, I'll tell you what we have done. We sat down and we looked at what our 1,000 that I can do. I don't know if you understand. Mm. Because we have never put it together, mm. we sit to say, oh, how's it going to look like? But when we started seven years ago, because we needed foot soldiers that got buying into this. So we're not giving money. People were paying. Mm. I don't know if you understand. People were contributing money. Mm. So that's how you know somebody who really wants this, not somebody who is waiting to say, oh, mm. has he brought any money? I don't know if you understand. Mm. All right, thank you. I understand that. Final question. Why should Lagosians trust you? Yes, they should trust us because um, we are breath of fresh air. Mm. We are untainted. Mm. They've never entrusted us with their money before like this one for 23 years. For the first time, maybe they need to entrust the economy of the state on those that have had costs to build their own business from scratch, nurture it to grow. There is no how you would understand what it takes to run an economy if you don't know. So somebody borrowed 255 billion and nothing to show it. Somebody injected 10 billion into uh, employment trust fund and still the thing knows died from 4.8% to 8.5, 8, 8. 4.5 to 8.5. Mm. Uh, he, he doesn't understand. Mm. He has never found himself in such a situation before so you can't blame him. He will come now and blame it on anything. But the fact remains that, look, even if you cannot do where you put money, where did the money go to? If the economy is that bad, let it remain at that 4.5 with all the money that you put into, into it. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on is a good way to start, to start <laughs> this interview. Thank you so much, Andor, for joining me. Thank you. you know, and uh, I am uh, fascinated by the fearlessness of, okay. this, of this venture that you have undertaken. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to go straight into the deep end from the okay. start. You know, you, you've used pretty strong words in assessing the present administration. I, th mm -hmm. I think you've been quoted as saying Lagos is decaying under Governor uh, Babajide Songwolu. Those are strong words. <laughs> Why would you say that? So I think my overall sense, and I think there are a number who also share this view, mm is that Lagos is operating far below its potential. Mm. Lagos is blessed with a lot of natural advantages relative to um, almost all the other cities in Nigeria, I would say. Right. And the managers of this city have been entrusted with a lot. Mm. And I think that if I look at the last 23 years uh, where Lagos has been governed by one essentially mm. uh, ruling entity, mm. uh, even though you've had different governments. I, I think that where we are, after almost a generation, 
relative to where we could have been, mm. I think the difference is very wide. Could you share with me three specific things, or two, based on your visits around the state, mm -hmm. that you would have expected this government to have done, say, children out of school, the percentages reduction, say, you know, um, internal generated revenue, ratio of you know, revenue to, to spend. Two things that you, you say this government specifically failed at. I don't know if I have only two. <laughs> <laughs> but let me give you a few, okay. uh, if that's okay. Okay. Uh, you know, we have something called the Tiger Agenda, which addresses some of the um, uh, yes. some of these shortcomings. Yes. But, uh, first of all, one of the first the Tiger Agenda is your manifest. It's a yes. summary of your manifesto. Yes. 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 First of all, one of the first things that we will do is is that we will unwind the revenue collection agreement or revenue uh, contracting mm. uh, agreement that the government has with the Alpha Beta Agency. Uh, we think we think that that is um, something that does not have a place in modern society like Lagos. I mean, we don't see any reason why you should have a private company owned mm. by a small group of people, limited transparency, collecting the revenues, or not even collecting, accounting for the revenues, mm. and keeping a share of those revenues. Mm. So we'll eliminate that, right. and we've said it. Right. If you take the transportation problem, mm -hmm. as you said, that real project has been on for almost 15 years. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why that should be. Mm. And there's no transparency accountability around those things. Mm. So those things, a large public works project like that should be in the public domain. Mm. People should know. Mm -hmm. And when we come into office, we will, uh, we will open it up and share the information with the questions and understand what the issues are. Mm -hmm. And we'll ensure that that project is delivered mm -hmm. or amended as needed to get it delivered. Right. We think that one of the things that I hear constantly is this question of agueros. Mm -hmm and the fact that people are groaning under the weight of this thing. One of the things that people are also complaining a lot about is cost of living. Okay. Now, if you think about the working class Lagosian, mm. a large part of his cost of living is his transportation cost. Right. Right. right? For, the, for the typical maybe driver who lives in Ikorudu, mm -hmm. works for a bank, in whatever, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, if mm. you talk to the commercial drivers, they'll tell you in any given day, they may pay six, seven thousand right. as you know, you know, collections to these various agrarians, mm. right? That money is coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It is coming from the pockets of the passengers in those buses, mm -hmm. right? So this is an in intrinsic element of, of the pain that people are feeling. And we feel that that is something that the present administration is, is not in a position to deal with. Why not? Okay. So historically, these... Um, union agents, uh, union officials, uh, for instance, broad category that we call agueros, have generally formed a large block of political support right. for the ruling party. Right. We're in the political season now, so you can see it. Mm. Right? So it is almost a situation where, in effect, they are part of the power structure of the existing ruling administration. Mm. So they treat them with kids' gloves. Mm. And you can see, actually, in the confidence and impunity with which these, these individuals operate mm. on, the, on the streets. And we are saying that that is going to be one of, again, the first things on our agenda. Mm. And we will have the moral authority and we will have the political will to deal with it. Because when elected, we will not be elected on a block vote of agueros. Mm. We will be elected on the backs of the support, widespread support of the people. Mm -hmm. And we will therefore be beholden to the people and we will... Um, we will essentially fulfill that trust mm. that their mandate represents. This year alone, we've gone from maybe 400 and something to 800 naira to the dollar. Think about what that means in terms of cost of living. Right. Right. People are at breaking point. 
I emphasize the point that in Lagos, we are not saying that we must go from zero to 100. We are saying that the change that is required, the incremental participation that is required, mm -hmm. is not of a magnitude mm -hmm. as to think it's not something that could happen in one election cycle. Right. Right. That's fascinating. That's actually a fascinating argument that mm -hmm. I must confess I never thought about. You yeah. know, do you honestly think that you can win this election? You know, people say for What do you think? <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the interviewer. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because people say, look, if you do, as you said, if it's been one ruling entity, and I hear that a lot, that has been in charge of Lagos for the past, you know, almost 25 years, mm. that ruling entity has had an unbroken chain yes. of success. Yeah. Almost unparalleled in the entire country. You'll be hard pressed to find any state that hasn't had some kind of adjustment yes. in the power structure at the top. Yes. Also the party of supposedly the front runner for the presidential election. Well, I don't have a front runner. <laughs> <laughs> supposedly. One of, the, one of the leading candidates. One of the let's, leading let's candidates. Grant him that. Okay. And also the ruling party at the national level that has appointed that appoints the INEC chairman, you yes. know, that supervises the electoral process. Yes. They've won when they were in the opposition, yes. then surely they should be winning when they're in the ruling party. And if you, as you say, there are all kinds of dodgy fiscal practices that are channeling funds into opaque places, you know, then it's conceivable that you're saying that some of these monies enter into the hands of these ruling parties. What is the logic in challenging the insurmountable? <laughs> Boy, there's so much I could take issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> take issue with all of it. Take issue with all of it. So first of all, I by no means think that it's insurmountable. Right. That's first. Secondly, let me just say philosophically mm -hmm. that things can remain in place for decades. Mm -hmm. And when the conditions are in place for them to change, they can change overnight. Mm -hmm. And we see this a lot of the time, mm -hmm. even in the political sphere. In fact, I would say often in the political sphere. Now, the third thing I would say is to just put out some statistics, which is to say that Governor Sawolu was elected with 700,000 votes, which you probably are aware of. The total votes cast were 1 million. As at that time, Lagos had registered voters about 6.5 million. Mm -hmm. So clearly, voter apathy was tremendous in Lagos. Mm -hmm. There may be other factors, maybe some suppression, maybe some, you know, uh, you know, Maybe some number of that 6.5, mm -hmm. you know, is not valid or what have you. But it is clear and incontrovertible that for every one person who came to the polling booth, mm -hmm. maybe four or five people stayed away. Mm -hmm. So should that change, the game changes. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure you have observed, as I have, mm -hmm. the increasing uh, fervor, the increasing mm -hmm. resolve of people to participate, starting with the youth as a direct consequence of the NSAS experience and similar things, I think most people understand that if participation increases, and by increasing, remember that we're not saying something has to, it has to be like a, you know, like a, a quantum night and day shift. No. If one person out of that five who did not come, mm -hmm. comes, you will double the number of votes. Mm -hmm. And we think that with time, when people understand that, they also have to vote a governor in addition to a president, right? Um, we will see some of those dynamics also unfold. Right. You, you see what I mean? I do get that. Yeah. So it is, it is the people that will decide. Because we think, especially when you think of politics, we think in terms of narratives and big pictures, in yes. terms of sea changes and yes. mass movements yes. and social movements yeah. and uprisings. Yeah. 
I never actually thought about it in terms of, well, the angle that needs to shift doesn't need to be significant, even no. though it can't be. It, no. can be. it can be for this too. I want to back up a bit because you, you've talked a number of times about, again, the burgeoning social movement at the national level and what that signifies. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I was a, an alien just coming to Lagos, you know. And I keep hearing about this Lagos. Some people call it a cabal, some people call it, you know, you know, an arrangement. And I say, what's the evidence of this principal agency relationship? Like, I see a governor who is giving speeches, you know, he doesn't seem to be shackled. You know, I can see him, you know, discharging his responsibilities. You know, I cannot see any legal, you know, uh, uh, hindrances to him acting of his own free will. Beyond the bujiman, what is the actual evidence that this man is beholden to a person or a group of people that are stopping him from performing as you would want him to perform. <laughs> That's why I had to be an alien. <laughs> yes, you really must be an alien. <laughs> because, you know, they say if it looks like a dog, if it smells like a dog, if mm. it acts like a dog, mm -hmm. chances are it's a dog. Mm. I think there are many things that you can point to. Mm. The alphabet arrangement that I spoke about to me is one. Mm. Right? That is something that originated under you know, one administration many years ago. Right. Um, I don't think any governor that comes on the platform of the ruling party can do anything about that thing. Mm. Mm. I don't think they can. Right? Right. So, 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 so that's one. You see also in a range of areas this beholden thing mm. that I talk about, even in the agro space, right, some of the actions that are taken. So when there were issues about the NURT or W the other day and, and, and how that was handled, mm -hmm. you can see that, you know, um, there's a coziness, right, in mm -hmm. that relationship, mm -hmm. which I think sort of goes beyond the person who is occupying the seat. Even in some of the actions of the incumbent governor in relation to who we might think of as the principal, mm -hmm. right? Does this principal have a name? Yes, he has a name. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, the presidential candidate of the APC, right. uh, Ahmed Bolatinobu, right. who is the leader, I, I think, of the uh, APC, certainly in Lagos State. I mean, the other day, our governor was in London ask, answering questions at Chatham House for uh, uh, Senator Tinubu, or ex-governor Tinubu. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there's reality, there's perception, there's perception and reality. I think all of them apply in this case. In assessing the APC and the PDP, you know, there can be a sense of forgetting mm. how, how unseemly, for mm. want of a better word, things mm. were before democracy returned. Yes. And the kind of economic reforms mm. that, on a national level, mm. Olusegun Obasanjo, you mm -hmm. know, supervised, mm -hmm. you know, in, under the PDP. Yes. You know, debt restructuring, debt reform, yes. pensions, yes. huge, yes. you know, huge, you know, overhaul yes. in the entire infrastructure, drug law enforcement, yes. you know, public-private sector partnerships, yes. um, tax, yes. you know, in terms of some degree of transparency where it was just darkness previously, yeah. at least on the national level. Yeah. On the state level, Bola Metinambu has credited himself with restructuring key institutions in Lagos State. Even the revenue mm -hmm. collection, mm. you know, machinery mm. that you have pointed to, mm. he will boast constantly of increasing mm. internally generated revenue in the state, mm. tripling, quadrupling ETC. And so, yes, yeah, some people say, okay, there have been leakages. It says, mm. well, 
you have to create wealth first before you can even share the wealth. And he created this wealth. Okay. Uh, and then he, he, <laughs> he would talk about the Lagos State Waste Management Authority. He would talk about the Lagos State uh, Transport Management Authority. He would talk about, you know, LASEPA. You know, he would talk about signage agency, LASA, and say these are all institutions that didn't exist that created the foundations for this modern economy. <laughs> as, a, as a participant <laughs> on the federal level in yeah. some of those structural reforms, yes. what do you say to that? And I think there's a credible okay. argument to be made there. Uh, look, let me take them one by one. Okay. First, because our institutions are still nascent, weak, there's a lot of, it's quite important who occupies that seat, mm -hmm. more so than would be in a, in a place where you have much stronger institutions. Right. So, at the federal level, now at the states, this is where our, um, <laughs> our paths diverge. <laughs> I, know, I know you are probably just playing devil's advocate, but look, many of those institutions mm -hmm. that you talk about, to me are institutions, there may be some good things that they do, but they're also used to do some, to carry out agendas that are not government agendas. Would you accept the, for want of a better word, reality, that this movement you sought is happening, but it's not going to happen for your party. And if you don't accept that reality, how do you think that your party is really going to do without any extensive structure in the state? Okay, so um, I don't accept that hypothesis. I would okay. call it a reality. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can also argue right. that the Labour Party is not a strong party. Mm that it's Peter Obi. Mm -hmm. That's the phenomenon there, Okay. right? Okay. So in that sense, you know, that we are not APC or PDP mm -hmm. is not the same thing as saying that there's no structure in ADC in the state. Okay. We actually have a structure across the local governments. Right. And we have members across the local governments mm -hmm. and ex-schools across the local governments and a state uh, party structure. We are also a movement, right? Right. And we think that as we go through this period, we're already seeing that momentum, and you'll see more of it. Right. Finally, I will say that many of the people that we talk to, and that talk to us, and they, some of them, come to talk to us mm -hmm. on their own, mm -hmm. are people who are supporters of Peter Obi at the national level. Mm -hmm. But they also understand that a judgment has to be made at the governorship level. Mm -hmm. Many of them had not turned their attention to that prior to now, but they're starting to. They also understand, and these people, remember, they are not Labour Party people. Mm -hmm. They are not people who woke up and said they are Labour Party supporters, right? Mm -hmm. They are people who are following what they believe mm -hmm. is a strong candidate who happens to be on the Labour platform. Mm -hmm. Right. So they understand that the, uh, the right answer may not necessarily be to go and select somebody in the Labour Party mm. in Lagos. You see what I mean? Mm. And so those are conversations that people are having, just wanting to understand. And so the question is, if anybody says they don't want to vote for the existing structure, mm -hmm. why should they choose you and not Jandor or GRV? So I think people should just go back and look at people's track records and what they've done, mm. right? And then they should listen to our message. Mm. Uh, I have run three companies as managing director and CEO. I've had a long career. I have led industries, actually, uh, and industry groups mm. uh, who have voluntarily sort of put me forward to, to, run, to sort of represent them. 
two of those companies are national companies, employees, staff, customers across the country. Mm. Hundreds of thousands of customers, actually. Mm. Those companies exist. So people can go there and find out what people say about me. Thank you very much for joining me. This has been a, a sparkling conversation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Why did you go into politics? Well, my journey in politics started from activism. Yes. Right. Um, I was in the struggle with the government against genetic GMOs. modified foods. Right. Yeah. And it really happened in a minute. In actually less than a minute. In like thirty seconds, because. I was part of the leaders of a 2,000-man march on the Senate. Mm. And senators came out to address us. And all they kept reminding us was there are two-time governors that we should keep quiet and pay attention to them. And we did. And did not say anything of any value of, or of any relevance to what we're there for. Mm. And you can imagine, I'm based in Lagos, all the logistics to manage a 2,000-man march to go on the Senate only to get that kind of response. I think if those people came out and they showed empathy and even pretended to care about what we're struggling about with the federal government, I might not be in politics. Mm. Mm. Because mm. I'm a firm believer of be the change you wish to see, mm. right? And they came out and I felt that, you know, we need people with more empathy for the people mm. in charge of our affairs. Mm. Mm. And literally, I came back to Lagos and joined Co-op Party yes. and ran for local government chairman. Yes. Co-op Party was the first time that I, I knew of you. Okay. I know then, Co-op Party, nobody was taking Co-op Party mm -hmm. seriously. It's like all these eggheads, you know, from MIT, Harvard, DTC, yeah. DTC. But it turned out that from Co-op, I mean, you, you have become a, you were, you were a serious player, player yeah. in the PDP. Yeah. You're a serious player in the Labour Party. Yeah. It turned out that that thing that nobody took seriously... Mm -hmm launched a very serious political yes, career. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's, is, that's, is that some kind of message to people who are thinking, well, I need to be part, I need, if I'm going to do it, I have to join the bigger parties first, I have to start. Is that not like a message to it them? It is, because it really is a reflection of who you are and where you want to go, mm. right? It's always easier to take the easy way out and join the big boys that are making things happen and are winning. Mm -hmm. But then what is, the, what is your desire? What's the impact you want to make? Mm -hmm. Now, if I joined the ruling party, especially in Lagos, mm -hmm. the revolution, the change, the kind of impact I want to make on society mm -hmm. in Lagos State, I will not have the free hand to do it. Mm -hmm. So it defeats the purpose for me to join the APC, mm -hmm. right? So. And with co-op party, to a situation where I was coming fresh from activism, and you know that you're, you're very purist in your thinking, right? So co-op party was a perfect launch pad to be able to handle my conscience, my ideas about Nigeria, and really understand Nigeria for what she is. Mm. And, mm. and it was that good middle ground mm. before I joined the PDP. Right, right. The flip side of that is that people will say, well, in a country where we have complained about politicians cross-capiting, that a young person like a younger person like you, a, a more urbane person like you, why would you be doing the same thing that these old-time politicians do from going from COA to PDP to Labour? I would say that they should. you must always put context into things, okay. the way you analyse it. This is Lagos State. Now, Lagos State has been under the control of one party for almost 20 plus years. Mm. Now, cross-carpeting in that conversation should be between maybe the main opposition, PDP, mm. and APC. Right. 
when you are going between parties that have never even produced councillors or anything, you, are, you have not started, you are not cross-capiting. Mm. Because in this entire movement, mm. it is consistently anti-APC. Right. Right. Consistently. Right. So the, the, the focus remains the mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. um, it's just opposition platforms mm. that might have changed, but the idea is still to create a new order in legal state. Right, right. What is this new order? What does it look like? Because I was talking to another candidate and I said, it looks like we know what he is against, mm -hmm. which is the APC's monopoly on the state. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't as clear as to what he was for. You yeah. know, in your own case, what exactly does this new order represent? And why is it an improvement on what we already have? A new order is a flourishing life. Mm. A life that your quality of life is excellent. Mm. That you wake up and you look at the time at 7.45 and you're not worried because you get to work at 8.30. Mm -hmm. A new order is you're driving on the road and you're not stuck in traffic and area boys are not knocking on your door mm. trying to rob you because you're driving to a papa or you're driving in traffic. A new order is quality education. An education where they're not telling your children that Mongo Park discovered River Niger. Mm. And your children are getting information and knowledge that has direct application mm. to how they can make it life better, their lives better mm. and increase their earning potential, even if they dropped out of secondary school. Mm. You know, mm. a new order that is about transparency and an open government. Mm. I want to go back to the new order you mentioned. I want it to be a bit more specific. If you take three of those things and okay. say, in these, these three pictures that you've painted, yes. in these three ways, this is exactly what it's going to look like when yes. I be, if I become governor. Yeah. And this is what it will take to get there. Yes. You know, can you share that with us? So when I become governor, we're going to deliver four rail lines in four years, right? The plan currently is we need 160 kilometers of rail mm -hmm. to make Lagos State work. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, I mean, when you look at Lagos Badon Rail, pretty much 175 kilometers was done for 1.2 billion, so it's delivered in five years. So I know it can be done in mm. Lagos State. Mm. And we're going to invest heavily in water transportation. It's not going to be lip service anymore. We're going to dredge our waterways properly and do proper embankment so we can now actually normalize moving around by water, not the small boats mm. that cause security concerns, but major ferries, mm. right? And make Lagos State a truly intermodal um, city mm. in terms of transportation. And then we're going to look to ensure that once that happens, then Lagos State starts to open up because development becomes decentralized. Mm -hmm. So it is now feasible to build housing in Ikorodu, in Badagri, in Ojo, in Ajirami, Feludu, mm. and open Lagos up so everything is not coming to the center. It's mm. now having self-sustaining communities all across the state. And then we're going to fix this agrarian situation that we currently are facing from the bus driver to the commuter to the person that's just coming back from work this has become a real issue mm -hmm. and we need for Lagos City to be able to become a 24-hour city mm -hmm. and security is essential to make that happen mm -hmm. and we're going to so we're going to work with them as stakeholders because you always have to look at this thing holistically and equip them to earn an alternative means of living mm -hmm. and because we are not going to be a government that needs people to suppress and intimidate people not to vote we're going to let them know that job description is no longer needed by our government. Mm. So we now need to get the skills and put them in programs and allow for that to happen. Mm. Um, 
So those are the top two things, security, mm. transportation. Housing is also very important. Healthcare is very important. Mm. And we're going to really focus on creating multi-income housing, not affordable housing, because when you hear that, you're affordable to who? Mm. Multi-income housing. And we're going to do this with a transparent and open lottery system that allows for openness, transparency. We build it, people, lottery, people get involved in mm. terms of lottery, and then the winners are announced. They cannot sell this buildings um, to the private sector. Mm -hmm. It goes back to government if they don't want to use it anymore. And then also, by opening up and making a lot more parts of Lagos feasible, partnering with um, the private sector to also do developments and ensure that land rights, um, the rights to the house, the land consent, ownership, even if it's micro-ownership, so having titles mm -hmm. for your apartment, mm -hmm. right, so that you can start to make... Um, real estate transactions a lot more fluid. Mm. These are things that will open up the housing market and mm. the housing sector to allow for us to be able to um, reduce our housing deficit. Right. There are some people who have said it's too soon to be running for governor. Mm. Uh, you know that you, were, you, were simply, you came into mainstream politics in the last cycle mm. and you're already running for governor and that mm. there needs to be a process of going through the ranks, mm. you know, as on the one hand. There's another school of thought uh, not the more popular one. The first one is the more popular one that says, how do you move from senator to governor? You know, is it, are you, try, are you just looking for whatever office is easier to get into? How do you respond to both those concerns? Assuming that those concerns come from a good place. Yeah, even if it doesn't come from a good place. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you see, this idea of process and cues and lining up is because people that have held power have held power for way too long. Mm. Most of these people that are celebrated today, they were governors in their late 30s, early 40s. People have been presidents at 29. They were not even married when they were, I, I believe, 29 or early 30s. So this idea that you must be on a queue and now we associate people of a certain age withholding political office is something that must be turned on its head. Mm. Right? And I don't I don't believe I, I'm not a conformist. I don't conform to things like that. I believe that if you're passionate about making a difference, if you've you know you have the cerebral capacity, you have the empathy um, for your people and a desire for excellence, you should push. Push as far as you can. In relation to Senate to governor, I mean, when I first came out for local government chairman, some people said it's too soon, I should run for councillor. Or I don't have any business in politics anyway. You graduated mm. from MIT, what are you doing at that level? When I came out for Senate, they said, ah, some said you should run for this. You know, politics is about a number of things that all come together. Mm. One, it's about time and season. Right. It's about a window of opportunity. Mm. It's about your preparedness for that window of opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's about your capacity to take risk. Mm. Because it's not just fun and games. It's a lot of hard work. It's about the network and the goodwill you've built to even be able to get that ticket in the mm. first place. Mm. And that is what has happened in the four years or the eight years before you come in to that race. Because it's happening every four years. Right? And your willingness to do the work. People have seen you and said you are too gentle. Mm. <laughs> They are so calm, you know. I mean, we've seen the rallies that the ruling party has held in Lagos. They are very boisterous, you mm. know, rallies with very, you know, strong men, mm. <laughs> you know. People have said, 
it's all well and good, but this is not the kind of gentleness that is going to dislodge any kind of political order. Mm. And there's also underlying the idea that, eh, Ajebotani, mm. you know, this we know his daddy, we know his mommy, they served Lagos, they served the country judiciously, but, you know, we went to MIT, we went to it, he doesn't understand how the politics locally works. What's your response to that? You know, and also you have, you, have, you you can be soft spoken. Yeah. <laughs> so it also underlines a sense that this man may not be able to fight these people. Did you witness the October first rallies in Lagos State? I saw the videos. Yes, yes you saw the videos. Yes, yes, yes. It was boisterous. Yes. It was full of hope. It was full of so much energy. Mm -hmm. Now, you look at most of those people that came out, they're working class. They're not mm -hmm. the Agbero. Mm -hmm. You know, I say people need to start to ask, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. And understand that. There's an impact to all of that. You see, when you're thinking gra, 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 when that gra, gra becomes too much, you will still pay the price for it. Mm. The Agbe rules that are knocking on people's cars in Lekki three days ago mm -hmm. and robbing them, that is the constituency of the ruling party. Mm. And we are trying to change that. I'm not going to out Goliath, Goliath. I'm going to come as David mm. in this story. Mm. Right? And Habe mm. Macaulay, was a gentleman. <laughs> and he was one of the first, he had no business being in politics. Mm. It was of the most elite of the elite families. Mm. His grandfather was Samar Jai Crowder. Awolo was a gentleman, mm. whether you like it or not. Strength is not so much about the noise you make mm. or your willingness to fight. It's about strength of mind. Mm. It's about the courage to actually fight some things through. Mm. Right? Mm. Because at the end of the day, most of the people that are in that party, they know that they are destroying the city, mm. but they don't have the courage to stand up against them. So who is stronger? Mm. Mm. So is strength just about noise making? Because empty barrels make the most noise. Mm. And real courage is quiet. Mm. Real courage is deep, mm. right? You look at people like Ojuku, mm. whatever you like, whatever you have to say about him, that man was courageous mm. and he loved these people. Mm. He was not a noisemaker. Mm. He was a graduate of Eton and Oxford. He drove a Rolls Royce in school. Mm. My granduncle, at 25, he heard about what Hitler was doing to Namibia, to Namibians, what the Germans did. Mm -hmm. He went to go and enroll in the RAF, right? He died bombing Hitler, mm. right? Mm. So in my bloodline, we are wired at touches, <laughs> right? But, but we are not noisemakers. Right. Right, when you are doing that, when you are fighting World War II yeah, yeah. at 29, yeah. this was someone that did not have any business. He could have just stayed in his life jejeli. So the reason why I'm saying this is we need to disabuse our minds of what strength is. We need to redefine strength. Mm. We need to redefine courage. Mm. We are going to ensure that our voters are not going to be intimidated. Why the decision for Labour Party? Was it because you saw the Peter Obi movement and thought, I'm going to jump on that? You see, it's not so much the Peter Obi movement. You know, because I've, asked, I've been asked this question several times, mm. and I've thought about it more and more. I, I genuinely admire Peter Obi. Mm. This, is, this has gone past politics. You know, in another world, there, there, there's so much values, so much similarity of him that I see in myself. Mm. You see, the simplicity... His simplicity, his idea that he, Peter Obi would rather walk into a place without security. That's me. You know, I, I was... I mean, he walked in here without security. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I went to a place when I was contesting for the primaries. It was in Ikeja. 
It can't just my local government. I don't feel threatened by anything. So I didn't go with security. And I asked some of my people in the crowd, and they were overhearing conversation that, ah, he came here without security. Ah, he does not have money. He does not have money that he's not a real politician. <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, yes, I understand that the, with the military era, mm. we grew a mindset of being oppressed. And we understood that power must come with that kind of oppression. If you are going too close, they must push you away and they're carrying kind of, But that's not me. When mm. I'm carrying security around it's because it's expected of me or there's a security threat. Yeah, how are you funding this campaign? It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. Right? I have friends, I have family, I have people that also mean well mm. um, for us, and that's why, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. Because also, you know that when you come into a new party, mm -hmm. there, are, there are people that you already know that fund certain parties. That's mm -hmm. not the case here, right? So we're, we're meeting people and networking and trying mm -hmm. to raise money as much as possible. I do not have bullion vans. I never claim to be a billionaire, mm -hmm. you know? So the good thing that we have going for us is the majority of people that are behind us, that mm -hmm. want to vote for us, they're not voting for us because we are bribing them mm -hmm. with money. They're not coming for rallies because we are mobilizing them with money. Mm -hmm. They're coming now because they believe in our cause. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot cheaper to run this type of campaign, right? right? But we're still going, we're doing a lot of work in the hope that we get to a tipping point mm -hmm. and then we can appeal to the public to start donating right. to our cause right. and to our campaign. Last question I'll ask is, is there something that has happened in this campaign that has just given you such hope? October 1st. <laughs> October 1st was spiritual. I say it to everybody. Right. Because I joined the rally. I started in Lekki. Then I joined them in Surulere. I went to Kejan. Then I finished in Amor And the energy was consistent throughout. Mm -hmm. And as leader of the party, I know that we as a party did not give money out. We did not mobilize these people. People were chanting and shouting. Even me, little people were shouting my name. I mean, we understand Peter of his own. <laughs> me, I'm up and coming. I don't, I don't, I don't take any. I'm up and coming. But there were people, when I got into Kenya, people were excited. They were shaking me. There's a video of it. And they would hold my hand, and I looked in their eyes, and yeah. I saw raw hope. Yeah. I said, yes, this is the energy we need to change Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is the energy we need to change Nigeria. Thank you so much for joining Thank me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been a, a real a, pleasure. It's <laughs> a, a real conversation. Thank you Thank so you. much. This is Lagos State. Now, Lagos State has been under the control of one party for almost 20 plus years. Mm. Since 1999, we've only had one governor. Mm. Every other person that comes thereafter, they're just tenants in that office. I think that where we are, after almost a generation, uh, relative to where we could have been, I think the difference is very wide. If I joined the ruling party, especially in Lagos, mm. the revolution, the change, the kind of impact I want to make on society mm. in Lagos State, I will not have the free hand to do it. Mm. That's why I said to someone, I'll beat him, all his godfather, woman abroad, back to back in this 2020 election, mm. and I mean it. I emphasize the point that in Lagos, we are not saying that we must go from zero to 100. We are saying that the change that is required, the incremental participation that is required, mm -hmm. is not of a magnitude mm -hmm. as to think it's not something that could happen in one election cycle. Most of the people that are in that party, they know that they are destroying the city, mm -hmm. but they don't have the courage to stand up against them. So who is stronger? Even if you win at the polling units, mm -hmm. they change it at the coalition center. But with this election, 
with beavers, with electronic transfer of results, Allah, you will see beating that APC will take in this election. Mm. Go and write it down. My overall sense, and I think the number who also share this view, mm. is that Lagos is operating far below its potential. Right from my school days. <laughs> right from your school days, yeah. right. You yeah. must have been troublesome in school days. Right from my school days. <laughs> yeah, I've always been challenging the status quo. Yeah. I, I, I detest injustice. This idea that you must be on a queue, and now we associate people of a certain age withholding political office is something that must be turned on its head. Let me just say philosophically mm -hmm. that things can remain in place for decades. Mm -hmm. And when the conditions are in place for them to change, they can change overnight. Mm -hmm. We need to disabuse our minds of what strength is. We need to redefine strength. Mm -hmm. We need to redefine courage. We are going to ensure that our voters are not going to be intimidated. They should be scared of me as well. They don't have monopoly of this madness. So because we have left that um, corridor for them for a very long time and, and they thought they believe they own it. No, 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 no. We, we've come to challenge the status quo mm -hmm. and we are going to wrestle the power. Because in my life, all things work together for good. I'm not going to out Goliath, Goliath. I'm going to come as David mm -hmm. in this story. We're here in Alimashaw, the Alimashaw local government area. This place has you know, Igondo, Idimu, Egbeda, and all of that. It's almost inconceivable for any governor to win the election in this state without winning Alimosho. Why? Because it is the largest local government area, over 3 million people according to 2019 projections. Um, the APC, which is the child of the Action Congress, has won this state every cycle since democracy returned in 1999. Now, I hope that we've been able to present to you the character of this candidate you know, this wasn't about their policy positions or their politics. It was about what, who are they and why do they want to lead. And you've met the insurgent candidacy of um, Olajide Adediron, the movement candidacy of Badebo Viva Rose, and the genteel insistence of Olufunsho Doherty. I wish all of us Legosians the best in these coming elections. The cold baby.